As long as there have been Star Wars films, there have been Star Wars film novelizations. And today we're talking about the one that brought novelization full circle. December 18th, 2015 is a date cemented in the hearts and minds of Star Wars fans as we ran to theaters for the premiere of The Force Awakens and the beginning of a new era of Star Wars. But there were two more or less flashy drops that day, as both the novelization and junior novelization of the film were released digitally as well. That's what we're talking about today on Canon Catch Up, and this is the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Welcome or welcome back to Canon Ketchup. I am Morgan, aka not a force user, and I am here with half of the shit boys. Um, Chris is here with me as well. Do you want to say hello, Chris? Hello. Uh, so Chris and I are going to be talking about the novelizations of The Force Awakens today. Uh, I think we're going to be mostly focusing on the adult novelization and the junior novelization. Because I haven't read any of the other ones. I mean, there's only really comic one is the only other one, really, isn't it? I mean, I didn't read the little golden book either. So. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that one. We'll save that for the kids' book episodes. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. To be fair, I have read that one. Well, you can talk about that one if you want to. It's got nice pictures in it. Talk over. <laughs> that's perfect. Um, so I guess like the first thing that that my question is and maybe maybe we can kind of settle on this together is what do we what do we think that it means for something to be a good novelization of a film that's an interesting question because i'm i do like novelizations i like the idea of novelizations i like the idea of taking uh, a product that's well known and then changing its format and then putting tiny little spins on it you know and you know, t- testing testing the boundaries a little bit. I've always enjoyed them. Like, there's a part, there's a group that I'm part of, and I give them a shout out now on Facebook called Paper Movies, and they're all about novelizations. And some of the deep cut ones they go into is fascinating. So I think to answer your initial question of what makes good novelization, it's, I think there's two different kinds. One, telling the same story as the movie, but in a pacey and compelling way. So you still get the same vibes and pace of a film. And two is doing that, but also expanding on it, including deleted scenes, all those kind of things. For example, if you you don't mind, uh, the Revenge of the Sith novelization, in my opinion, is better than the movie by, by 10 times. Yeah. Because it tells that same story. The story is always really good. It's written incredibly well. I've heard that. And the, you can't, no offense to the fans, you can't say the movie's written incredibly well, can you? And you can't say the movie's directed very well. So, like, it corrects all of the flaws of that movie, and it's really good. Yeah. Um, Last Jedi as well is another really good one. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, and I I think I agree with you in some ways. And it also needs to be faithful to that spirit. So, like, it can add those extra things mm-hmm. in in the in any novelization. Um, but if those things that it's adding are not faithful to the spirit of the film yeah. or to the spirit of the characters in the film you you lose something in translate translation there um so now that we kind of have an idea of what a good novelization is were these i mean i guess we could talk about the the two of them there's the adult novelization the traditional novelization which is the alan dean foster novelization um and then there's also the junior novelization which is uh michael kogi who mm-hmm. wrote that one 
So, I mean, which which one did you like more? Uh, I liked both of them a fair bit. They're not the strongest okay. novelizations. I mean, a lot of people might even say that the Force Awakens novelization is one of the worst ones on the fact that it's so vanilla. That's fair. Because yeah. if you compare it to the Last Jedi novelization, for example, whether you like that film or not, you can't deny the novelization is great because Jason Fry, he takes that movie and he adds to it. And there's a whole extra scene at the beginning where Luke's imagining his life if he never, if he never became a Jedi. And that's an incredibly bold change that works because it fits the theme of the story. Yeah, Force Awakens doesn't do that. It's, it's just a, a vanilla, quite well told, quite well written, straightforward novelization the adult one is the junior one is obviously not as quite flowery written and it doesn't have quite the test set same kind of level of techno babble and immersive terms it's much more simplified but it does respect other canon works mm -hmm. which at the time was quite impressive yeah and other books just don't yeah. You know, Michael Kogi obviously had read all the other Force, Journey to the Force Awakens stuff and built off them, which I've, you've got to admire that. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you on that one. I, I struggled a little bit with the regular novelization on this one. You said it was a little vanilla. For me, it kind of even missed the mark on some of the characters. Um, and I, I didn't like the way that some of the characters came across in this one. I mean, there's a couple of added scenes where it's it's maybe building some things here and there. Um, there's probably some scenes that from the screenplay that Alan Dean Foster got mm -hmm. that might have changed before it went into the final movie. Yeah. And and those departures changed the characterization of some of those characters. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just thinking right now of when in, in this novelization, when Ray goes to Unkar and is trying to like sell some stuff off, she actually haggles with him over bb-8 and selling him bb-8 and convinces him to go up to a higher value of portions and then like agrees to it but yeah. then like takes it back and is like nah and then like then rooms him out i'm like i don't like that like that's not that's not the ray that i see in the film that doesn't feel in character for her and the entire time i feel like he makes out that finn is just a bumbling buffoon in this yeah. book i don't know if that's just the way i read it or if that's the way that everyone reads it but that's how it felt to me and i'm like uh, i feel like we missed the mark here but again it's what source material was he given what did he have to go on when he was writing this and it's he had a screenplay and he had some stills and that was it yeah it's not like he got a screener of the film or anything like that it's hard to really capture the spirit of something when you don't have the opportunity to see it first exactly or even just to see how those how those characters are playing this because even looking at a screenplay maybe some things changed maybe just they interpret it differently but it wasn't it wasn't hitting for me um that said i think that the junior novel michael kogi in addition to recognizing and referencing those other works specifically noting that bb8 is shaped like a grab ball yeah. with a bowl overturned on top i love that that's that's one of my favorite and it books. mentions the other the other clones from before the awakening as well doesn't it yeah 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 it does it references so many of those other things um but i think that the one thing that this does is 
as well is it captures the spirit of the characters better, I think, than the other novelization. Because um, as I'm reading this one, he he clearly read the Before the Awakening stuff and knows that Finn is is not just competent, but is actually excellent as a stormtrooper. Yeah. Um, and, and you can feel that in this. You you can feel the compassion in Ray in this, whereas yeah. you don't feel it as much in the other one. So I think that's that's something that was really working for me, particularly in the junior novelization here, as opposed to the other one. And I think it is worth noting that Michael Coey did also get the draft of the adult novelization. Yeah, I heard that he adapted it from the adult one, which is quite interesting because he chose to ignore a lot of Alan Dean Foster's characterizations. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing as well that really got me about the June novelization is if, if we're speaking negatives of it, it does mm-hmm. skirt over a lot of the darker themes. Like the whole yeah. opening scene uh, on Jakku and Law Santeca is yeah. skated through and it focuses yeah. purely on Finn. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't really go into anything else. And it, it's, it seems like a an incredibly brief, almost like a little you know stroll through the village <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like it doesn't have the same yeah. weight and darkness that the movie has or the alan dean foster one has um and another plus in favor of the adult i feel like yes with despite those changes that you mentioned i feel like mm-hmm. he did capture ray on jacu quite well and it had i feel yeah. like he, he nailed that feeling to be honest he just probably just wrote luke mm-hmm. on tatooine that's probably what he based it on yeah um yeah. but apart from that the rest of it was kind of like i've I've seen this this doesn't add anything you know especially competitive novelizations i mean it's it's interesting that we say that because i don't think we mentioned this far in the episode but um even though the original star wars novelization has george lucas's name on the cover he is not the person who actually wrote that book it was in fact alan dean foster so when you're looking at oh, he probably just wrote Rey as Luke on Tatooine. Well, he already wrote Luke on Tatooine. He, he did that. He, he had the option or he had the opportunity to kind of reference back to his own works in, in some way in that process. And that's also just kind of a cool, like I said, a full circle moment yeah. in terms of novelizations, giving him that opportunity to, to write that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um there is another adaptation, as we mentioned earlier. There is a a Marvel Comics adaptation, which does make some differences and some changes, which I think is worth mentioning here because we're not going to cover we're not going to like cover it in the comics episodes or anything. So uh, that one's written by Chuck Wendig, and it was actually a fuel to a, a part of the the Wendig hate train at the time because he did make some liberties and change some dialogue and things. Um, but it, it is quite a good adaptation, adaptation actually. Um, so in terms of that, I'd probably... I'd rank it probably one of the higher ones. Um, the adult one being at the bottom, I think, unfortunately. Yeah. Although the one thing I say is, I do, whenever I see the adult one, I do get excited. Because I can remember, at the time when it came out, I was working at um, a supermarket uh, for a technology company. And where I was stationed, my booth was right next to the, the book's. And at the time, I couldn't go and see the film at the cinema. I didn't see The Force Awakens at the cinema because I had I had young babies and stuff, and 
gotcha. uh, toxic partner. So uh, <laughs> I just couldn't see it. So I was just used to sign that and I'd look at the book on the shelf and I'd be like, oh my God. And I'd, I'd pick it up every, every hour, I'd walk over to it, pick it up, read the crawl, tr- think about opening the first page and then put it back again. And I did that. <laughs> I did that every day. Every day. Yeah. Because again, it reminded me of being a kid because another interesting thing to note is the novelizations of episodes one, two, and three, when they came out, actually came out, I don't know the exact amount of time, but about two weeks before the movies came out. Okay. So I remember reading the books before the movies even came out. So like any twists, turns, I knew knew them and anyone who bought those books knew them. And it just reminded me of that, you know, they'd never, they'd never do that now. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I think I said at the at the beginning intro for this episode that these were released digitally the same day as the film premiered. Yeah. Um, on that on that December eighteenth, but the actual release for um, the adult novel wasn't until January fifth when they released it in hardback, um, and then for the junior novel that wasn't until February. So it was a considerable amount of time after the film had actually come out that these ones were released released i mean obviously you could have read it digitally earlier if you wanted to um that's it's crazy to me that you didn't get to see the force awakens in yeah films or in theater though i also i also didn't see the last Jedi in the theaters either wow i i think i saw it like multiple times in theaters like both of them no i was as big a fan then as i am now it's just you know the way it is i did see solo though and i saw rogue one and i saw the rise of skywalker so i did see those three in the cinema I, I remember walking in to see The Force Awakens with my dad. It was on, like, the premiere night. Um, I live in a pretty small town, so, like, there's a there's a theater there, but it's not, like, a big theater. It's not, like, mm-hmm. one of the fancy giant chains. It's it's, it's fairly mom and pop. It's it's a bigger mom and pop, but it's, it's fairly mom and pop. Uh, but they had, like, a band playing in the front of the theater, mm-hmm. like, doing, like, Star Wars parody songs and stuff like that. Um, our local, like... 501st and Rebel Legion were there dressed up. I was in costume going into the theater with my dad. Um, I was dressed as like Endor Leia. There was such a fun, engaging atmosphere around that for me that I, it makes me sad that you missed out on that. But at least you got some of them. Yeah, I had, I did. And I had a lot of excitement around it anyway. I mean, I remember going up to people that I worked with that had seen it. And I'd ask them a million questions, but then not want them to answer them. So I'd be like, tell me everything, but tell me nothing. Like, tell me, give me a non-spoiler review. Like, how did it make you feel without telling me why? Do you know what I mean? I was just there, like, they were like, what do you want from me? I love that. You know, I was like, I don't know. I just want to see the film. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to feel something, man. I actually watched it in that same place on a laptop for the first time when it leaked legally. Yes, how was I'm that bad. experience? <laughs> no, it's fine. It how was, was that experience? all right, actually. Yeah, it was good. But by that point... Yeah think i'd re- get caved and read the book okay so. so you had that pretty consistent experience to what you had with the prequels yeah with that one then. maybe that's my thing i'll wait two weeks to watch a new star wars movie you might actually be the only person though who read the book before they watched the movie like you might be the only person in the world who did that apart from alan dean foster i guess alan dean foster and michael kogi and maybe their editors well it's it's also worth noting this is the this is the book that the current beef is, or the beef was between Andy and Foster and Lucasfilm, saying he was never paid for writing this one. 
if you if you Google it. I didn't know that. I knew that he, I knew that he had like the whole issue where he was trying to set up a romance between Ray and Finn, and thinking that that was going to carry through, and then he hated um, the Last Jedi and like wrote them like this is what I think you should do for Episode Nine. And they completely disregarded everything. And if you look at what he had planned, it was it was not it was not it. It was not better than what we actually got. So. It's like Jewel of the Fates, Colin Trevor Rose. People, you know, romanticize it, but it was not it was not better than Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I don't even like the Rise of Skywalker that much, but it, none of them were better. Um, but yeah, no, it's if you like novelizations, get it. But it's not one of the better ones. Solo, Rogue One. Uh, Last Jedi, Rise Skywalker, they're all much better. Much better. Yeah, yeah. If you read books for the plot, maybe skip it. Yeah. Because oh, you've already got the plot. If you like canon connections and books, referencing other books, then read the junior one. Yes. Read Before the Awakening Absolutely. and then read the junior novelization because that's much better. Just... Also also read The Servants of the Empire. Oh, yeah. Read the junior but that, you know, Just always. We'll mention that in every single episode. <laughs> you know, did, did you like... Uh, Dark Disciple. If you like Dark Disciple, read Servants of the Empire. Why? Just just because. Because it's also really good. That's the connection. <laughs> That's the justification. Yeah. Super well written. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I, again, I think that there's, there's something positive to be said about anything that expands on Star Wars. All Star Wars is good Star Wars. Um, but sometimes it just doesn't work for a particular person. And in the case of the the regular, the adult novelization, this one didn't work for me, but I can see how it would work for other people, especially mm-hmm. how it would, would work for you and probably holds a a uh, more solid place in your heart, I guess, um, just because it was something that you read before you watched the film. I mean, it's if you are a completionist, read it. If you, like I said, if, you, if you're reading to get different interpretations and different representations of characters, that, then it's definitely worth a read. But again, if you're just reading for the plot because you want to know the story, you could probably do without this one. Just watch the movie. Oh. Yeah, just watch the movie. It's, it's a lot shorter. Yeah, it's better. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's better. It is better. It's got Harrison Ford in it. That book doesn't have Harrison Ford in it. He's, he's right here on the cover. No, yeah, but yeah, that's outside. He's not in it. Does, actually, does it have pictures in the middle? It does, doesn't it? It does not. Oh, I will. Uh, I do want to throw out that with the. Oh yeah, it does, doesn't it? I remember you guys. Yeah, say now. it has that the perfect weapon the... Uh, short story at the end, and I think there's another. The thing Delilah S. Dawson one. Bait as well. Yeah, the Delilah S. Dawson. See, one. I hate that. I'm glad they don't do it anymore. They used to include short stories in the paperbacks, and I'm glad they don't do that anymore because that annoyed me. I'm like, just release a collection. I mean, I guess that would be especially frustrating if you'd had it in hardcover. And then you're yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. I don't want to buy this. If, if you're yeah. going to do it, put it in the hardcover as well, please, because I know I'm going to buy the paperback as well. All right, so I feel like I feel like we've kind of beat this horse to death. Yeah, there isn't much to talk about. Watch the movie. Yeah, watch the movie. If you if you love the junior novels in general, read the junior novelization. Yeah, the junior novels valid. It's good. It's valid. It's good. And you can get those awesome covers where it's got all the different lightsabers on it. Yeah, maybe in some places. <laughs> So there's a there's one where it's for episode four, five, six, seven, and eight. They didn't do it for nine, which really annoyed me. But there was an alternate cover where it was they're all black and they've got sprayed different colored sprayed edges, and they've got a different lightsaber on the front, and they're really cool. Just like cheap paperbacks, but they just look really cool. They're all uniform, 
up until Rise of Skywalker, which annoyed me. Yeah, that, that sucks. I don't think I even have access yeah. to this. But I will also state that there is, in fact, a picture of Harrison Ford inside of the junior novelization. So therefore, he is... So read that one, because that, that one has Harrison Ford in it. Perfect. All right. Uh, I, I don't think that we really need to tell people where they can find us anymore, Chris. But who knows? Maybe, maybe this is the first time that somebody's watched this. So I, I already said I'm not a Force user. You are. Yeah, and I'm SW Book Collector. And I am a Force user, yeah. Yeah, you are a Force user. Okay, well, that's a goodbye from me. And also probably from Chris. I don't know. He might He might already be. Yeah, I'm, I'm not rude. Goodbye. And we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast.